Hello, I'm Adam Leventhal, and what you're about to hear is the first episode from The Athletic's special two-part documentary, Football on Turkey's Fault Line. It focuses on how the country is recovering from the earthquakes which struck in February this year, ahead of the Champions League final between Manchester City and Inter Milan, which takes place in Istanbul tonight. This episode focuses on the devastated region of Hatay, which was worst hit when the two earthquakes struck on February 6th. It's the home to Hatay Spor, the former club of Christian Atsu, who died in the disaster, along with six other members of the club's family. The Athletic This is the Hatay Spor home dressing room, and it really is a, a remarkable but also poignant scene because it's very much been suspended in time. After the, the victory that evening, Christian Atsu obviously scored uh, the winning goal. That's where he would have been sat and got changed and, and then gone home. But all around as well, there is remnants of just a usual post-match from the, the wraps around players' shin pads to sock tape to post-match meal plates to tissues to bottles of water, fizzy drinks, uh, bananas over in the corner. It is pretty much as it would have been when they all left that night. And then obviously we know what happened afterwards. In southern Turkey, buildings crumble like sand. This is the moment a toddler is rescued in the Syrian city of Azaz. It's unclear if anyone else survived the building's collapse. A massive quake struck in the middle of the night and rocked southern Turkey and northern Syria. More than 1,500 people are dead, but that number is, is likely to rise day four in Turkey and Syria, and the death toll has climbed to more than 20,000. Obliterated by some of the worst earthquakes in the century. On February the 6th, an earthquake measuring 7.8 on the Richter scale struck at 4.17am as people slept. Those who survived and were able to escape encountered another huge earthquake at 1.24pm. Many were still trapped. Conservative estimates put the death toll at 60,000 people. At least 23,000 died and 30,000 were injured in Hatay's 15 districts alone. Geographically, not that far from Istanbul, but it feels a million miles away from the glitz and glamour of the Champions League final. Hatay Spor lost seven members of their family. Sporting director Taner Suvut, academy goalkeeping coach Hussein Dahanalilogloo, youth players Hamza Shura and Fatin Chan, Susan Berber, who worked in the kitchen, and kitman Honor Akdenis, as well as Christian Atsu. 
This is Adam Leventhal reporting for The Athletic. This is Hatay. This is where the earthquake hit the hardest. It is a picture of barbaric, almost warlike destruction. A hotel in front of me where people will have been sleeping is now just a huge pile of rubble. And that is a scene that is repeated everywhere I look. Just 10 feet in front of me. And then 100 feet in front of me. 200 and on and on and on. And someone told me that when the room that they were in was shaking, they grabbed their children, they grabbed their wife, they held them close because they thought it felt like the end of the world. They thought they were going to die. After earthquake and the uh, first time I'm coming here and uh, uh, because this is old city, we were coming here all the time and uh, we are uh, visiting to some historical area. That's Zafir Podizoglu, my translator in Turkey. His hometown Osmanye also suffered severe damage in the disaster. He's also a tour guide and was visiting many of the affected areas, like me, for the first time. It's not to recognize, we can't recognize the city uh, because everywhere is collapse. You know, it's very uh, emotional for me because we lost a lot of friends here. Well, I've come now to the site of the Renaissance residence apartment block. And this is where Christian Atsu died during the earthquake. At the moment, there are piles of rubble around me and there are reminders of the lives and of the people that lived in the apartment block all around me. There are a pair of high-heeled shoes, a, a wicker basket that would have maybe sat in a, in a living room and a child's Ugg boot just, uh, just down in front of me, a, a sofa cushion. It is a, a very sobering sight. Initial reports soon after the earthquake had suggested that he had been found and that was a, a cruel twist for those connected to him, his friends and his, his family, his young children as well. False hope was given and he was discovered then 12 days afterwards. The club's sporting director, Tanez Suvut, also died at the Renaissance residence. His body was later recovered, but not everyone was found in the rubble, including a good friend of my guide, Zafir. We worked together, Mehmet. He was only 23 years old. He's just graduated university. He was looking for a job, real job, but uh, meantime, he was coming with me and helping me. Usually he's living in Samanda, which is uh, close over here. It's about 30 kilometers from here. But uh, earthquake night, and uh, he came and visited uh, his girlfriend. 
Uh, unfortunately, he died here. I called him up uh, after the earthquake. You know, it's about two days later. No one is answering the phone. And uh, I realized that in WhatsApp and uh, show, show the WhatsApp in the fifth, just before earthquake. And uh, unfortunately, uh, they, they weren't able to find uh, his body. He was very cheerful and uh, always laughing and uh, always making joke, but uh, he's not here anymore. Perhaps the most recognisable name, aside from Atsu, to world football audiences is the team's head coach, Volkan Demirel, Fenerbahce goalkeeper for 17 years and a former Turkey international. Well, he's just capped a wonderful performance now, the Turkish goalkeeper, by keeping out a Cristiano Ronaldo penalty. A man known for being fearless, powerful and dominant on the football pitch. He would become the face of the earthquake in this region after his desperate plea for help on social media. Nothing was working, no phone, no Wi-Fi, everything stopped. Our last chance to let people know what was happening was social media. So I did this video, but I didn't know if it had been sent or not. When I was a footballer, I always fought for success. Then I was fighting again, because people were looking to me for inspiration. After the earthquake and until my video, it seemed like nobody was coming to Hatay. No police, no fire. Demirel was dealing with life and death situations. Just a few hours earlier, he was thinking about team selection and whether to give Christian Atsu the chance that he desperately wanted. For two months, he had not played because of injury. But in the week building up to the game, he came to my office and said that he was ready to play. I told him that's good, but he wasn't ready to start. In the last 10 minutes, we decided to put him on. In the last minute, we got a free kick and I was telling him to cross it. But he told his teammates he was going to shoot and he scored a beautiful free kick. I was so happy for him because he had been out for a while. He was a good player, but most importantly a good man, a good character. He helped everyone. He would always give money to staff. He had a very big heart. After the match, he said to me, I want to keep playing. The last time I saw him, he was happy, and then he was gone. I always analyze the games, so I went to sleep late. Soon after I had got to bed, I felt the building starting to shake. Normally when we've had tremors or earthquakes, before it shakes from side to side, this time the floor was going up and down. Not one, two, three, or even a hundred people. It felt like it was everybody. People were screaming and crying. People without clothes, people without limbs, everything. It was chaos. My wife went straight to my nine-year-old daughter. 
I went to our five-year-old daughter. They were so scared. They didn't know what was going on. The earthquake lasted one minute and 40 seconds, which is a very long time. All I could do was lay above my daughter in the plank position. If the wall fell down, I wanted to protect her and for it to fall onto me, not her. So we're here inside the Hatay Stadium um, and it's actually quite a windy day today. And you can hear that some of the, the roof panels above me are rattling around uh, from some of the earthquake damage. Some of them have actually fallen um, and there is damage inside the stadium. What they're hoping is that the stadium will be able to be rebuilt and repaired and that this is only superficial. The thing that really strikes you when you come into this stadium is not only the pitch, which has obviously not been needed because there is no football being played here in Hatay, but also when you look out onto the pitch and you think about the last moment of the victory against Kesim Pasha and the last goal scored by Christian Atsu. Koray Yildiz is the media officer at Hatay Spore and is stood on the exact spot that Atsu scored from. On the night, he was behind the goal with a camera in his hand. He smiles as he remembers the last time they spoke to each other. He's also a photographer. When he was taking the photo, he, he wasn't able to concentrate. <laughs> Why? Because he slipped. And after he uh, told the Atsu, he said, I'm sorry, I wasn't able to take your photo and, uh, when you are scoring. And he said, no problem, no problem. He's the humble uh, person, not only skilled, humble. Where there were buildings in Hatay, there's now rubble. There are also tents and containers where the displaced now live. At the stadium, they're lined up in the car park and the club's training pitches are completely covered by around 200 military green tents housing over 1,000 people. One that we're invited into has seven mattresses on the floor with a wooden bench and a table. That's all. Teenage sisters Butchin and Yagmur now call a 20-foot container home. When, uh, she was uh, living in uh, her house, she didn't realize that how beautiful yeah. life But right now. It's very hard to live that kind of place. Mm -hmm. But uh, she she also thank, thank to God. Yeah. At least, you know, she's living. Yeah. When it could happen, she wake up, they wake up and uh, they moved from the bed, suddenly wall collapses on the bed. Uh, okay, they stay together, start to pray. And their fathers uh, first you know, make sure they are safe, go somewhere else to help the people, because people scream. She's talking about another building. It was a sixth floor, but but she, she realized that only three floors. 
I am a Bahadır Bozkurt. I am an agent in Turkey. Uh, the media say uh, this area is huge to like uh, uh, from the Paris to London. It's a very big area and uh, tents is demolished. We have to uh, rebuild these cities again and uh, support the people who lives in in uh, earthquake area, uh, mental support, uh, economical support, and for next uh, years too. This is not a, uh, it's happened and it's finished. Nothing, nothing like that. Yeah. Uh, maybe 10 years after, because you know, uh, you lost your child. It's, it's, it's unthinkable, isn't it? Yeah. Bahadir has got emotional because one of the most heartbreaking images of the disaster has jumped into his mind. Of a father holding the lifeless hand of his 15-year-old daughter. She's trapped, almost her entire body consumed by the rubble. But he refuses to let go. I have a daughter. You know, two and a half years. When I watch the news, uh, I have empathy with the, these people. Uh, the man holding uh, her, his daughter's uh, hand and shake it. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about that last night yeah. before I went yeah. to bed. Yeah. I just... Yeah. It's... When you see that, you didn't say anything after that. You know. Along with Hatay Spor, eight other teams in the Turkish football pyramid stopped playing in the affected region, which spanned 140,000 square miles and impacted 14 million people, that's 16% of the country's population. Emotionally, many teams simply couldn't face the prospect of playing. Players, some from other parts of Turkey, some from abroad, just didn't feel safe anymore. I think next season uh, we have a big problem. Football agent Bahadir Bozkurt again. Because foreign players doesn't want to, uh, don't want to move to these teams, because when they Google it uh, about the news and the, about the uh, cities, there is a, always a one question mark in their mind. What if happened again, something like that. Yeah, there is a big problem. I don't know, but I think uh, the most important figure in that uh, area for next season, local players. Lutfu Savas is the mayor of Hatay and the honorary president of Hatay Spore. He's one of the main decision makers at the club. He knows how much work there is to do. The region has approximately 200,000 people living in tents, a further 37,000 in containers. It's estimated the financial cost of the earthquake is going to be £78 billion, or $94 billion. They need help from the wider world. 
from the football family too. Uh, first of all, he's talking about England, the motherland of the football, he said. And uh, over here is especially uh, Atakash Hataispor and uh, some ordinary people needs help. Maybe you can set up some uh, match between Liverpool, Manchester, something like that. And uh, after when, when they get the money, maybe they, they can donate mm -hmm. some money for Atakash Hatay Sport and ordinary people, mm -hmm. he asked. In part two of Football on the Fault Line, with the world's focus on Istanbul and a Champions League final, we visit other Turkish cities left in ruins by February's earthquakes. The loss of a beloved goalkeeper in Malatya. In Karaman Marash, a technical director who lost three family members and went on to save five people from the rubble. And we tell the story of Iskenderun Spor, who relocated and played on despite their own tragedy. The Athletic. If you'd like to listen to episode two in the documentary series, head on to The Athletic's Go Deeper podcast feed. Just search for The Athletic Go Deeper wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.